0: private journey with Jesus, Jesus is just the beginning. Connecting with others intensifies our light. Together we bring hope to the world. Christ, you, me, Colab. Good morning. Kia it's good to be here this morning. Thank you to uh, the fabulous creative team of this church. They do an amazing job throughout the week when people like me turn up and say, can I do this? Can we try that? Can we do all this stuff? And they just find stuff and you'll see uh, throughout the next uh, few moments that the creative team have been busy this week doing lots of cool stuff for me, so that's really cool. So for those of you who don't uh, know me, my name is Andrew and this is my lovely family, Lanier and my three kids, who are just... A wonderful blessing from God. It's just a beautiful family I've got. I've also got my mother here today. So, morning, mother. Nice to have you here. She's travelled from Auckland all the way to make sure I say the right things and don't say anything naughty. Um, actually, my mother, I reckon, is really like the mother of this church because this church was planted out of the Otomodoro Baptist Church. And the Otomodoro Baptist Church was started in my mother's grandmother's garage as a Sunday school. So, hey. So we're all family here, and she is really all of our mothers. So that's really cool. Thanks for coming, Mum. She's also looking after our children for the next week, so that's awesome to have mothers (laughs) for that reason. The other love of my life are these things. Cows. I just love cows. I spend all of my... Oh. Oh, did I click it twice? Oh, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Can't brush over the cows. I just love cows. I spend most of my time talking about cows. I help dairy farmers in the Waikato. I find it a privilege to work with with farmers who uh, work super hard, who uh, make this country, I think, look beautiful uh, compared to many other places around the world, and um, they just are a shining light in my life. I just love working with dairy farmers and cows, and we also own some uh, dairy farms, or part-own, some dairy farms in Australia that I manage from a distance. And so every now and then, like tomorrow, I get to go over to Australia and spend some time with my four-legged pride and joys. It's just, I always get homesick when I'm this close to going back to Australia and seeing my cows. Anyway, so that's me. I think they're the best invention that God's done, other than people, Um, because you put grass in and milk comes out and, hey, you can't do that to a computer. Hey, so it's wonderful. When I'm not working with cows or dealing with my family uh, and... um, God has really implanted on me about 15 years ago uh, about purposely giving attention to filling my mind with godly stuff. And it was a challenge for me from through the verses really about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I realised a lot of my time was spent with my mind uh, vegging out in front of the television. All my spare time I could do was was in front of the television. I found that very restful. But what it was doing, it was just filling my mind with stuff that wasn't um, of God, and so I thought memorizing Scripture would be a good way that I could do that. And so I started memorizing my favorite verse at the time, which was Philippians three, verse ten. I want to know Christ. And it was just a it was just a, a vision of mine, I guess, at the time. I just wanted to spend my time getting to know Christ. Well, I me- I remembered those two verses, and then I thought, well, that was that was easier than I thought. I might try and do the whole chapter. And so I started memorizing Philippians chapter three. What a wonderful transformation again in my life as I just spent more and more time memorising scripture. Well, I got through chapter three and I thought, wow, Philippians, it's got four chapters. Maybe I could do all four of those. And so I started memorising all of Philippians. I started, and then I stopped at about chapter two and three quarters. So I've failed on that so far. Now, I do want to finish it at some point before my memory starts going backwards, Um, but At the moment, it's just been one of those things that when I was halfway through uh, the chapter 2, I kept on having one of the verses in chapter 1 that kept coming back to me, and that was the verse that Colin spoke on a couple of weeks ago, where it says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And that terminology of knowledge and depth of insight kept coming back to me, because I was a Christian, I'd grown up in a Christian family, so I'd really had a lot of knowledge, but I didn't have what I considered depth of insight into my faith. And so I chose at that point to stop memorising Philippians and to go into doing some formal study. And so I started doing some formal Bible study about 12 years ago, and um, at this point in time I'm currently finishing my last paper before I have to do my research to do my Masters of Theology. Now for those of you that know that I failed school C English, uh, doing study at this sort of level is not necessarily easy, but it's something that's just been so powerful in my life. And so when Craig said, come and speak on Philippians, one, I had no real spare time, so my first answer was, no way. And then I just thought, Philippians, I just love this book. I love this book because of what we're talking about in the series about where Paul is talking about collaboration, the importance of this collaboration between Christ and between ourselves. So I'm going to see how well I've remembered chapter 1. All right, so you guys are going to test me. Now, just as a, before I start, you just need to know I've learnt it really from the AGV, the Andrew Gould version. All right, so as, if the words are coming up behind me, um, then if there's a few wrong, then just, um, just know that's because it's, uh, no, it's not true. I actually learnt from the old NIV, and it's a new NIV now, so there are a few different words, but it might be two that I get some wrong. But just picture me. What I'd like you to do this morning is to picture, think about me as being Paul, and you guys being the Church of Philippi. Because the message that Paul is giving was from him in prison with Timothy, who's not here at the moment, and to his Church of Philippi. But it's, what we're gonna to learn today is that it's about us. It's about you and me. And so this is about trying to bring you into this conversation with Paul this morning. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, Will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. <laughs> What's the next word? Oh, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you. That was terrible. Since I have you in my heart, for whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually to served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace garden to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become more confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Now in today's today's verses. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice because I know, for I know that through your prayers, in God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will, serve, uh, will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether through life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living, this will mean fruitful labor for me. But what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart to be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, that I will continue with all of you for your progress and join the faith so that through me, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Let's just pray. Lord, I pray that these words will sink into our hearts. I pray that your word that Paul wrote to the Philippians will come real in our lives today. I pray you'll teach us and you'll show us what you would have us to learn this morning from these words. In Jesus' name, amen. Colab, this is what Paul's about. He's about a relationship, not just between us and Christ, but between you and me. Right from the very first verses that we're looking at today, Paul says, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Holy Spirit. God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus. This will turn out for my deliverance. He was very clear that the collaboration was there. This is collaboration at its best between the prayers of the fellow believers and God's Spirit. This was collaboration, but the rest of these verses is really focusing on this part of the equation of the triangle, the bottom part, between you and me. Now, when Paul wrote his letters, he often wrote out instructions. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Young people, respect, honour your elders. He was very clear in some instructions, but a lot of Paul's letters, is him just being a person, him just being part of the body of Christ, him just being part of or a leader of these people. And in these situations, we're seeing an example of how to live as part of the body. And so as we look at what Paul's writing in these verses, I want us to think about it not as an instruction from Paul, But what can we learn from Paul and his attitude about himself and the others around him? And the first thing we need to get in our minds is what he's talking about, who he's referring to when he says me and you. So we're uh, taking Paul as an example that when Paul says I, when Paul says me, he's meaning yourself. So stand up. Stand up for a moment if you can. Stand up. Avon, you can do it. You're all right. Okay. When Paul's talking about me or I, he's talking about me. So point to yourself. Right? Me. When Paul's talking about me, now what I'm going to do is when he's talking about you, he's talking about, at the time, he was talking about the Church of Philippi, but for us today, he's talking about us at BBC. He's talking about us as the wider church in New Zealand and around the world. So what I want you to do is I'm going to count to 10, and while I'm counting to 10, you're going to take that full time to turn right around exactly where you are. And while you're turning around, you're going to pick out a few people, either the back of their heads or faces if you see them, you're going to pick out two or three people, and these two or three people are who you're going to think about when we talk about the you. Okay, so it's not talking about me, the you. It's talking about all of us as the you. So, turn around where you are. Well, Time count to ten, and try and pick out some faces or heads. One, two, three. These are the you people. This is you as we're looking around. Five, six. Who's turned around already? Seven, eight. That that is who Paul is talking about when he says you. So as we're listening here the next few moments, let's us think about the you that we've just looked around there. Radio, take a seat. Let's first look at the me. When we think about me, the problem we've got in our society at the moment is that our society is centred around the me. What does me like? What, What is me good at? What is me not good at? What do I like? What does me like, what does me not like? So much of our society is focused around the me. And we just do stuff that suits the me. And the example we see from Paul, and I think back to the example of Jim Hearn, who have recently farewelled. These guys were not about what's important for me. We see here in Paul's reference here, I expect, he was Paul, here's Paul in prison who had lots of plans He thought he was to change the world. He thought he had been given a mission from God to do what he had been, to go and take the gospel out to the Gentiles. He had massive plans, and here he was in prison. And yet there's nothing about Paul that indicates that he focused on the me. I eagerly expect and hope that I'll no way be ashamed, but I will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. He wasn't sitting on Facebook going, "Poor me please like me. We never saw from Jim Hearn when he first got the news that he was just going to put his feet up and just do some of the things that he wanted to do. It wasn't about the me. These guys had two choices. Paul had a choice and and Jim had the choice of not the outcome. The outcome was, was set. Paul and Jim, they didn't have the, the choice of the outcome, but they had a choice of what was in their mind. What was their attitude going to be to the situation they found themselves in? And here's Paul tossing with these two options. I'm torn between the two, he says. I desire to depart to be with Christ, which is better by far. That's what I desire. But he goes on to say, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. It wasn't more necessary for Paul, it was more necessary for you And I think about all the people that Paul has influenced since he got to prison. I think about Jim and all the people he influenced in those last 15 or 18 months. The amount of people that they influenced, the amount of you that they influenced, because they had the attitude of, it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. And when Paul was talking about the body here, he wasn't just talking about his physical body. Paul had created this this uh, concept um, of the body of Christ and about how every one of us is part of the body of Christ. Let's just read these words that Paul wrote to the Romans. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. But as a chopped off finger and a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without endlessly or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. This is the body that Paul was talking about. It was more necessary for you, for the body of Christ, that he was to remain the body of Christ is the hope of the world. That is a quote of Bill Hybels, one of my favourite leaders, and he says, a local church is the hope of the world. And the expansion of that is the body of Christ. The body of Christ was such a fundamental part of this collaboration, God, you and me. Such an important part that Paul was talking through here. And when the body of Christ is together and working well, it's just a wonderful thing. It's just a wonderful thing. Now, every part of the body has got such a key part, and that was a, the words in Romans was all about that. It was saying, doesn't matter what part we have, we've all got a very important part to play. And I'll just tell you what, when I, before I came to this church, one of my biggest frustrations of church was that I'd arrive frustrated or, in some cases, angry. Now, most of you parents are out there probably thinking, yep, that's our life, yeah, getting to church in the morning is a bit of a frustration and angry thing. One of my biggest frustrations was when you go to a church that's thriving, going well, is not being able to find a car park. I don't know what you guys, but that used to be my biggest frustration. One, I would tend to just get to church on time, you know, within that one or two minutes, that meant I had achieved everything else I could do, getting to church. But then if you're at a thriving church, it's hard to find a car park. And you go round and round trying to find a blessed car park, by which time you're now late, and you arrive to church frustrated, or I did. And when we came to this church, we've got car park people who make the presence or the arrival of church the most pleasurable experience that I can imagine. You could be late to church, you could be just on time to church, and you drive in, drive, follow, and park. Now these parking people might think it's not a big part of the body, but they are in the more important part of the body for me as much as anyone. Because now I can arrive to church and I'm not panicked or stressed or frustrated because I can't find a car park. And one of our guys, I remember, I don't know how many years back, the child's probably at school or high school, he was there with his child on his back. He was someone who had a young family, who saw the importance of being part of the body of Christ. He was a car park guy, but for me, that took away the whole frustration of coming into church and becoming sitting down here, being really frustrated at not finding parks. Another one is security at at youth group, right? We've got security at youth group. Why do we have security at youth group? Because we want to keep our young people safe. I've seen some of the security guys at youth group, they're not that bright, They're not that good-looking. Hey, you know, there's nothing special about these security guys. Sorry. (laughs) You know, like, anyone can be a security guy at youth group, and yet it's such an important part of our body because they keep our young people safe. The body of Christ needs all of us to do our part, whether we think it's a small part or a big part. Because the problem is, if we don't do our part, then the body just doesn't work right. If we're a moustache or an eyebrow or an eye or an ear that's not doing its part, then the body cannot function properly. And I've thought about why, why do we not do our part? And I actually think most of the time as a body of Christ, we don't form ourselves as well as God has created us to be. And I think it's maybe because we're quite busy and we think... Actually, I just don't have time to to do anything for the body of Christ at the moment. I don't have time to fulfil my role. You know, the parking guys, I don't know how much time they give up, but it might be only half an hour a month to do an important role that I see as part of the body of Christ. The other reason we might not be part of the body is because we actually think we can do the job better. And I understand that. I'm a self-employed person who really gets to make most of the decisions that affect our family and our businesses. And sometimes it's a lot easier to make decisions on your own. And yet that's not how the body of Christ was created. The other thing I think is that we think we can do it better our own, but sometimes we think we're part of the body while doing it. And we actually say we're doing this mission, we really believe in this this mission God's called me to, to do this. I don't know, might be mainly music or lead a small group study. This is where God's called me and I'm doing my part of the body of Christ. But the way that I'm doing it is so dependent on me being there that it's actually becoming about me. It's not part of the body at all. And I think some of us really think we're doing part of the body's work, but we're not. Because if we zipped out of that situation, if your ministry would fall over or not continue, then I'm suggesting the ministry is actually more about you than than the kids, or we've got to be really careful that we're not doing something that's more about trying to make us feel good about doing something. Because if you step out and the ministry doesn't continue, then the question is whether we're doing it as part of the body or not. The other reason I think why we probably don't operate as part of the body, and I think for a lot of people, is that they just think, or we just think that we're not good enough. That we actually think we've got nothing to offer. And that's just a very sad reality for a lot of people, is that we think we have nothing to offer. And the thing is, is that what we need to understand and what Paul is trying to say is that every one of us has been created with something to offer the body. And if you think you have got nothing to offer the body, then you're just not right. That's a lie that Satan's putting into you. Because God created you the way that you are, and he created you to be part of the body of Christ. I heard Bill Hybels speak a little thing this week, and he said it's a bit like standing beside a pool, standing on a diving board. And sometimes we're just that little bit scared, but we just have to jump. We just have to get in and do something. If we're not being part of the body now, we just have to get off that diving board and jump into the pool. And he says, sometimes you land at the spot that just suits you and you find your spot in the body. But he says from his experience, you could do five or six different roles, different parts of the body before you find the role that you are really placed for this body of Christ. And folks, that's what we need to do this morning. If we're not part of that body or don't think we are, we need to jump into the pool. We need to jump into the pool. Every week we have, well, most weeks we have, you know, the, the volunteer desk is out there. This church, this body of Christ right here needs everybody to do their part, to function as a body. And so if today you want to jump and volunteer with something, there's people that will no doubt talk to you. So here's Paul. He finishes up by saying convinced of this. Paul was absolutely convinced that he was to remain and he was to remain because of the body, and he says, convinced of this, I know, his me, I know that I will remain, and I will continue for all of you. for your progress and joy so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound because of me. Every one of us, regardless of what language we speak, regardless of how old we are, or how young we are, regardless if we're good at this or good at that, we have all got a role to play in the body of Christ. And as we think about the people that we looked at as we turned around, it is their boasting in Christ Jesus, their boasting, the you, the wider body, it's the boasting of everybody else's Christ Jesus will abound on account of you, me. Let's just have a look at this video. <laughs> sy niemen zy singsingsang jou jangting, wo na kan toeneming geloof en in geloof kan hee. As ek weer by julle kom, sal julle oorvloedig gerede heen om Christus Jesus oor my te prijs. Vou continuar com todos vocês para o seu progresso e alegria na fé, a fim de que pela minha presença, outra vez, a exultação de vocês em Cristo Jesus transborde por minha causa. I will continue with all of you, your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So, are you convinced? Are you convinced this morning that God made you the way that He's made you? Are you convinced that God has placed you in this family, in this body of Christ, to do stuff, to be part of the you? Are you convinced that regardless of if you think your part is big or small, that the body needs you? Please stand. And I'd like us to, uh, if you'd like to, join with me and read these verses together. This is an opportunity for us to, before we sing our last song, is to commit ourselves once again, to commit ourselves to be part of the body for the wider you. So join with me if you'd like to. I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for uh, letting us join you in your mission in this world. Lord, we commit ourselves to being part of the body of Christ, which is part of the hope of this world as you try and bring it towards you. Lord, I pray that we will be convinced to uh, dive into that pool and to use whatever talents and skills you've given us or role that you've given us in this body. We just commit ourselves to that again today. And Lord, this is my prayer for these people here, that their love may abound more and more the knowledge and depth of insight, so that they may, be able to dis- they may be able to discern what is best, and that they may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, that they may be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, all for the glory and praise of God. Amen.